Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll- The Bachelor? uh, That book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate- some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Bitches, I'm done. He's mine. I never thought I had to compete this much for one man. I'm this hot blonde bombshell. What else do I need to say? Give me the Oscar, give me the Emmy, give me the Golden Globe, and give me the Rose. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. It's Tuesday, the day after game night, and we just witnessed something very monumental in tonight's game. We saw a brand new shot. Golden Retriever. Yeah, the Golden Retriever. No, <laughs> we saw a brand new shot, something that they've added to their visual lexicon that we have never seen before, and we will get to that, of course. Yeah, spoiler alert. 
There was a new shot. <laughs> that is important to me. Look. Hey, I noted it. That's all I'm saying. You noticed it too. I have words, obviously. Yes, of course. But we've seen every shot that this game has ever put on television. And when you see a new one, mm -hmm. it is jarring. And so I think yeah. it has meaning. At the very least, someone chose to do it. We're going to get to that. And we're going to get to the two on one. Are we? I taught it as a waterfall at our live show for nothing. We didn't even see the content waterfall. Yeah, I mean, we saw some shots of it. They did go to Niagara Falls. We didn't see the action. No, we didn't see the play just yet. That is coming next week, of course. They keep us on the edge of our seats. I guess that's going to be their Valentine's Day show. Is the, the two-on-one conclusion. Fuck. <laughs> uh, well, I'll write down my thoughts and I'll give them to you okay. at Twibbon or maybe at the next week's recap. And we'll just go all the way through that episode again and the new <laughs> one. <laughs> no, next week, I think I'm going to be doing the recap solo. It can be an interesting experiment for us and we'll see how that goes. There might be some alien talk because there'll be nobody here to stop me. <laughs> yeah, I stop you so much. <laughs> no, I know, I'm just kidding. But if I don't have another person to even talk to me or... I'm basically like diminishing Clues' free speech. No, you're... You keep it in line so that if I start veering too far into a fucking weird alien conspiracy, I see you on the Zoom and I'm like, oh shit, I'm losing her. We got to get back to Bachelor. <laughs> It'll be like Clues Week all over again. Yeah, basically. You'll just be talking to no one. No, it'll be very good. So definitely listen to it. What I do want you to do is to do an impression of me and like what you think I would be commenting on. I could probably do your plays of the game and your MVPs, mm -hmm. I think, and your errors. You're not going to get my play this time. Oh, in tonight's show? We'll see. Ooh, let me let me take a prediction. Let me take a prediction. Let me take a prediction. Okay, I'm going to try to predict your play of the game. Well, that was already a clue. What was a clue? That it's something you might not think. Oh, okay. Who got roses? Oh, you didn't get the clue. No, who got roses? It was uh, Rachel Reckia. Rachel, Rachel Reckia got the group date rose. Rachel Reckia. Rachel, Rachel Reckia. Shit, I don't know. I can't even think about it. I'll, I'll see if I can predict it as we lead up to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> okay. Anywho, my top four constantly evolving. Yes. Gabby's in there now. Susie, Sarah, Eliza. I don't know if she's going to make it. She's not getting a lot of screen time. I'm going to replace. I don't even have Rachel Reckia in here. <sighs> I don't know what to tell you. Teddy looks up there. My top four were Susie Evans, Rachel Reckia, Kate Gallivan, R.I.P., and Serene Russell. I still mm, have three. Serene's doing well. I still yeah. have three in there. She killed it tonight. So let's get into mm -hmm. this. Let's give you what you came here for. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. All right, so we begin episode five. This is week four, regular season. We got a two-hour-long offering of our beloved game, and we open with the intro, previously on The Bachelor, and they give us basically a recap of the important stuff we're going to need to know from last week, a Sinead reel, if you will, showing that she's playing mm -hmm. the game and she's uh, doing villainy. She's playing the victim. We see Clayton giving her the producer rose. We see the football game. Sierra's plotting against her. We see the trophy toss. And then DLP comes back. And tonight we hear 
Shanae is toxic. We see the herpes comparison, some kissing. Shanae and Genevieve are going to get a two-on-one at Niagara Falls. This is shaping up to be the most entertaining episode of the season, by far, in my humble opinion. I cannot wait. Shanae has dropped like 300,000 mics. I mean, <laughs> she's really putting on a performance. Yes. Is it Meryl Streep? Better than Meryl Streep, <laughs> as she herself has said, a hundred times higher, in fact. But this leads us to believe that that two-on-one is actually going to happen in tonight's game, and it did fucking not. The audacity of these motherfuckers to do some shit like this and then not even show me the first conversation between them. You don't have to tell me who wins the rose, but give me some of that fucking date. Jesus Christ. No, at least get us in the falls. We weren't. Uh, we see that I we heart Houston sign. We see the Texas flag. We're at the house and the moral center of our show, Susie, is talking about how the trophy incident from last episode was insane. And the other women are like, yes, how does he find that attractive? Jill does not know what this show is about when she says it's hard to focus on a relationship. <laughs> no shit. That's the whole premise of the show you're on. That's the, the game. <laughs> yeah. It's like trying to focus on a relationship as you're doing Wipeout. But the angle here is that it's Shanae's fault that it's not the producers mm -hmm. doing any of this. It's Shanae's fault that they're all having trouble. And yes. Rekia feels like something has to be done. She then shifts to predicting that Serene's one-on-one -on -one is going to be great and is going to put the ultimate Viking in the right headspace for the rest of them. What a good girl line. It was amazing. Rooting for Serene. Yeah, I may be shit-talking Shanae and this whole girl talk, but I am pretty much pro every other player. I'm shipping Serene Timit Viking. Start that hashtag, please. <laughs> oh my God. That's their couple name. Rolls off the tongue. You got to start that on Twitter pretty much immediately. Make it happen. Yeah. Uh, we then cut to the beach and we see a seagull just minding his own business. And who happens to walk by? The ultimate Viking pondering into the sea. And then Clayton ITMs <laughs> that the women were not happy about Shanae, but he's happy to see Serene. She greets him here on the beach with a hooju. The approach, it's a slow jog. Could have had more energy, but it's acceptable. The mount left me wanting more. Because of her slower than usual approach, she doesn't build up the proper momentum here to get a high mount. Instead, she has to use her legs to almost climb into the cling instead of landing straight into it, which puts her at eye level with Clayton in the end of this, which you never want. You want to be higher mm. than the anchor so you can rain down kisses on him and use your legs and forearms to grip his torso above his hips, above his shoulders. Here, she's kind of sitting down like her weight is back he's having to kind of hold her up and her face is only eye level to his which just gives her a few straight on kisses and the cling it is the best part of this huju dump she gets a double ankle lock one arm around the neck one arm around the back gets these kisses here the dismount is mm -hmm. atrocious although we do not get good footage of it we see that clayton initiates the dismount by bending over and literally putting her on the ground this is absolute Huju error of all time. You'd never do this. You always want to initiate the dismount so you can control where you wind up, where your feet get planted, and how to transition into that handhold. That you're not treated like a child. <laughs> exactly. 
And so she doesn't do that. Contact is fully broken because she allows him to dictate the dismount. You always have to control the dismount so that you can see where those hands go so that you don't ever break the contact. You maintain that uh, hand holding. All in all, very disappointing, Huju. 5.24. Do you think this mediocre Huju score foretells trouble in Serenatin Nation? Ultimately, yes. <laughs> I don't think she's going to be a ring winner if that's what you're asking. But I, st- I mean, she's in my top four. I still hold out hope. Well, after this, Clayton tells them, tells Serene that they have the entire pier to themselves. And it's not just any pier. It's the Galveston Pleasure Pier. Ooh. They go on pleasure rides. They make out at the pleasure game area. And we learn that Clayton worked at a fudge factory in a Six Flags, but refused to dance there. Interesting. But now he dances everywhere that he can. This should also mm-hmm. be noted. It's a private amusement park date. This is a time-honored tradition. You might remember from season 24 of The Bachelor, that's pilot Pete Weber. He had a private amusement park date with one Victoria Fuller, where it ended in a private concert by Chase Rice, who Victoria Fuller was in a prior romantic relationship with. And it was unbeknownst to all three of them that he was going to appear there. I would like if those date types were always paired together. So if you get the private amusement park, you're like, fuck, one of my one night stands is going to be at the next portion. (laughs) (laughs) This is foretelling. (laughs) Well, it would be interesting if it, if it became a thing, like if you get the private amusement park date, you know that the end's going to have some curveball. You're like, fuck, the curveball's coming. You don't know what it may be. Maybe it's not Mm. Chase Rice, but, you know, it could be anything. Ooh, I like that. A different skeleton. They then get ice cream, and Clayton pretends to be an essential worker there, and Serene further shits on people who work in ice cream in her ITM. I've never seen an ice cream man look like that. And then they do food play with the ice cream. And food play with ice cream is another time-honored tradition in our beloved game. You might remember I mean, shit. Where do we even begin? I'll go to one of my favorite ones. It was... You're going to the beignet. No. Nick Bile by himself. No, I'm going to an ice cream food play. There's actually a really good (laughs) example for this. (laughs) There's many good examples. And yes, of course, the Great Vial has some of them. But the one I was going to go to was an Mm. in-episode commercial for Halo Top Ice Cream, season 15 of Bachelor at Hannah Brown, Jed Wyatt are in a park and oh they are eating literal Halo Top with God. golden spoons and saying how good Halo Top is. They did a fucking commercial for it in the actual document. And who sold them to Halo Top? Uh, I don't know, but that guy returned because he was then in a commercial for Halo Top starring the Great Vial. He was the guy giving the Great Vial his Halo Top in that commercial. I knew it would lead back there. You let it back there. You knew it would lead back there. You fucking literally. <laughs> You've fallen into my trap. I'm the producer now. Serene loads a oh love level God. one for Clayton and an I-5 that she has a fear of swings, but she swiftly conquers that fear and tells Clayton on the pier that she's happy to be there. And we have a a lot of fun together, a good connection. What's something you wonder about me? And Clayton says, there's a lot of mystery. I'm trying to figure out your smile. And she says, do you think there's this dark side to me? Hinting at her walls. He says, I think you have a side that takes a moment to warm up. Walls are fine. And they make out. 
And it's great. He's setting her up here perfectly for her PTC or wall game at dinner. And this is essentially what you want on a one-on-one pattern. You want to go out and have a great fun time at an amusement park in this case. And then toward the end of it, you do some food play. Put it, Yeah, food play if you can. Uh, animal play, which we'll see in Gabby Wendy's date. But you want to kind of raise a wall right at the very end. And here, that's exactly what's happening. It's perfect. There are these hints of a dark side and trying to figure out the mystery. What is behind you, basically? And so now we're going to get that portion two, night. Serene shows up outside the Astorian and meets Clayton, who pretends he didn't know she was coming. He's looking down and he's like, oh, you snuck up on me. Did she, though? There's a but there's 50 cameras standing around. Yeah. He seems a little overwhelmed. <laughs> he's just what the hell was he looking at? They're like, stand out here, your one-on-one date's about to begin. And he's like, okay, I gotta check my text. Wait, I don't have a phone. Like, what was he just looking at his shoelaces? They sit down to dinner. Serene loads a PTC that she's gone through some things that have changed her perspective on life. And Clayton tells her that today was thrilling and you crushed it. Serene says, everything happens for a reason, and I had something important to tell you so you know the whole picture. I don't open up a lot to people. My family don't talk about these things. Clayton says, same. Their family didn't talk about emotions. Clayton says, I felt like a wall, like something you're. Pr- she's protecting herself against. Literally says the word wall. Yeah. <laughs> and Serene says, well, I've had a lot of loss. And she talks about how her grandma passed away, who was almost like a second mom because her mom was a single mom. And then also her cousin died recently. And something drug-related. And then she gets into this story that she tells about hanging out with her cousin, who was close to her in age, about how they encountered some fireflies and squished them on their faces so they can glow... Murder of innocent creatures for sport. For glow. For glow. Gotta get that glow. Did you notice in the top of this, right before this whole PTC play, she ITM'd, I mean, no one has ever shut down a freaking pier for me before. (laughs) Promoting the idea that it was all the ultimate Vikings doing and that the third audience was nowhere present, has done nothing to shut down this pier. It was all ultimate Viking. Clayton got shut down. Yeah, of course. You just made a call. What do you mean? But uh, this PTC here, double death PTC, fantastically played it was in the running for my play of the game until something mm-hmm. happened a little bit later but me too this is textbook this is pure textbook play nothing out of step here everything in the right place at the right time beautifully beautifully done you know what's not beautifully done she tells clayton that he has these kind eyes and he gives her the rose and he says i'm blown away by everything you did today from the fun times to you opening up and i couldn't be happier what i'm seeing out of you his coach speak is out of control. <laughs> you left it all on the field, Serene. That's who he is. I'm going to say this. I listened to him when he went on, I believe it was Talking It Out, where he explained why he does coach speak, or maybe it was on Happy uh-huh. Hour. I forget which one. It was on one of those. I heard a clip on our Digging Deeper. Yeah, that clip, in fact. he he. Uh, we analyzed it. But I believe him. If you're in those environments that are like athletic and shit, literally from age zero to whatever age he is now, of course, that's just going to affect the way you speak, the the words you use, the lexicon, if you will. Oh, I've been in an athletic environment for sure. Okay. It's just like sporty guy talk. I don't know. Anyway, I cut him some slack for it and I'm entertained by it. Oh, locker room talk. Locker room talk. It's not locker room talk. They kiss. 
Serene says she feels seen and heard. He could be my husband and definitely feel like I'm falling in love with Clayton. Loads that love level three. I mean, perfectly played, Serene. I couldn't have asked for anything more. Portion three, players are getting ready for the rose ceremony. And Mara ITMs that that Shanae is strategically bringing drama on the days that a lot of girls need time. This was interesting, fascinating on every level. Here's here's just how it cascaded through my mind. A, Mara uh-huh. is a strategist as well. She reveals that here. Absolutely. You can't say this without also having come up with that strategy. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> She's just not employing it. She's like, look, I thought about doing that. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. She's doing it. Okay. Uh, but B, it means Shanae is, her strategy is working. That it is causing the anxiety in the other players because Mar is exhibiting it here. And mm-hmm. C, it's actually, once again, the producers doing these things. For example, she's referring to here, Mara is referring to the group date that Shanae showed up on the after party, that that was one of, instance of her showing up when other players really needed time. She didn't do that. Shanae's not bringing the drama. The producers bring her. That's the producers. And so once again here, at least in the document, we are seeing that these players either are barred from saying the word producers or they literally really don't know. And I don't know what's the, the case here with Mara. Well, Shanae differs from Mara in her ITM and says, I can't think of one thing I'm doing wrong so far. And they cue this horror movie score as they're all filing into the cocktail party room with these ITMs and stuff. And we hear that horror movie score that they've been playing for Shanae all season. And I think it is the most hostile use of music in the show's history. I, I truly do. It like it has a tone that is it's not like funny. We need to do a digging deeper on hostile music throughout the history of The Bachelor. They've never usually for the villains, there's like a little bit of comedy in the the mm. score. There's a little like hop in it, you know. This is not that. This is like these kind of horror movie strings that it sounds like she's gonna murder somebody. They're not making it like, oh, look at the funny villain who's going insane. It's interesting. That's all I'll say. And it queued up here as they're all filing into the cocktail party room. And uh, Sinead's talking about she doesn't like people talking behind her back, but she's feeling strong and she's feeling great. I, God, I, she's just so fucking entertaining. So then they're all sitting together and out of nowhere, Jill Chin starts a fight with Sinead. She says she thought they were turning a new leaf. But then when she heard that Sinead thought she deserved to be at the after party, and the rest of them didn't. It felt like a slap in the face. And again, it seems that there's no understanding. The producers have manufactured all of that. <laughs> she also says, if Clayton's willing to keep her around and have her terrorize us week after week, I can't see how that's healthy. It's like, what do you mean? He's not keeping her. Yeah. they've what? By this point, they've already designed the two-on-one. And maybe it won't be Genevieve. Who knows? But... Sh- Shanae is on that two on one. Mm-hmm. They have set that up. That is how she will either go out or potentially advance if Clayton's willing to play ball even beyond. I hope that happens, but I don't think it will. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> She's reached her limit. Like all midseason villains reach this limit where it's so unbelievable that they would still be there that they have yeah. to get rid of them in favor of 4TRR. You can only press that 4TR boundary so far before then the show falls apart. Even the producers to some degree have to maintain it. And they're including like ultimatum lines from the moral center of the show, Susie, being like, well, if 
he keeps her, then I'm out. Yeah, that means it's over. Clayton joins the group and he says, being the bachelor has not been easy. I would like to talk to the winning team from the group date. I thought it would be so funny if like Shanae went over for this part. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Like what would they have done? They have to have like handlers come pull, like pry her away. You can't come over yeah. here. And then he um, he tells him that he wants to get to the bottom of the, everything that's been going on and he has to know the full story. So Sierra here takes the spokeswoman role and she tattles on Shanae for uh, throwing the trophy into the pond. And we get a little bit of a piling on here with Marlena uh, talks about like she's an athlete. She can take an L with pride and would have never ruined the she calls it a cocktail party for the winners. It's actually an after party. A couple of them called it a cocktail party, but it's an after party. Yeah. What is that? Just they don't understand the game. There's no respect for the game. Mara says that their victory was snatched away from them and ITMs that Shanae is not wifey material. And this Tattling by Sierra was my error, 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 error of the game. We're going to see how this plays out, obviously, but Sierra basically made a career or at least a season's worth of a career out of sheer tattling. And we don't recommend tattling ever. If you can help it, sometimes you are put on the spot. The lead will ask you point blank who's lying in this situation or what did somebody say or whatever, and you'll have no choice. But to do it again and again and again and again and have that be your only strategy, all unsolicited, you just can't make it very far because it 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 really paints the relationship with the first audience in a way that is not like building a romantic relationship. You become like a mole from within the house. And that's what your relationship is to that person now. And they can easily dismiss you. Or alternate theory, Sierra is a student of this game. She was like, you pick a hero player when you're going in. Who who got a lot of screen time or did well? Can I model my game after? Oh, Aaron Clancy. From Bachelorette season 17, made his career as a professional tattler, and then he got to Bachelor in Paradise, and now he has 236K. Not too bad. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Fuck. Does he come back to Paradise? She doesn't have the dynamic duo, though. They should team up and be tattler, a tattler couple. Yes. And they're just tattling yes. on every other couple, everything they do. They were talking about Instagram. They were talking about a podcast. She wants to take him to the boom, boom room, but he wants to take her to the boom, boom room. Now what? They just blow everything up all the time. Yeah. They team up and then they are like a combined peeping Tom force and they hide in the bushes behind every date. And then they report back to everyone like what's going on. Oh my God. We've seen a, you know, we've seen... Colorful narrators team yep. up with Jordan Kimmel and Demi Burnett. Why not tattlers? I'd love to see it. A tattle team in paradise. I think Sierra's going to be in paradise. I'm surprised she didn't stay longer, to be honest. Oh, for sure. Well, Sierra and Aaron Clancy, if you guys are listening to this, DM <laughs> each other right now and then DM me and I will design for you a run through paradise that will be the likes of which we have never seen on sand. If that interests you. To the game, the losers of the group date and Shanae are chatting while Clayton is talking to the winners and Sierra is issuing her third tattle. 
Lindsay, not knowing her grave is already dug, says they're probably digging your grave right now, Shanae, to be honest. I get losing your temper, but you've got a lot to make up for. Teddy says throwing the trophy in the pond was absurd. I'm not sure how you can come back from something like that. And Clayton says, I didn't know she tossed the trophy. See you soon. (laughs) But these (laughs) these trophies, be it a real trophy or the fucking jacket Uh that Pizza Preneur won last season or whatever, they always bring them to the group date. The object is always there. I think in hopes that some shit like this will happen. Why have that fucking trophy sitting on that table at all? Why have any of these things there? Conversation piece. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Remember four hours ago when we all won the trophy at this football game where they made us beat the living shit out of each other? Yeah. I don't have anything on my body to remind me of it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then Clayton calls out Shanae while Sierra tells everyone, I don't see her being a wife and mother. And Shanae goes out on this ITM. If you're going to fuck with me, watch out. If I have to ruin a cocktail party for my sake, I will. So it's, it's like Mara might be onto something. I just cannot say enough about how fucking entertaining her play style is. It is bombastic like Victoria Larson, and it is a little more calculated, though. She has a sprinkle of a mm-hmm. Courtney Robertson. Not enough to be compared to her in any way other than she is... Uh, she's very calculated in what she's doing, and she does take pleasure in the mm-hmm. deceit of other people like Courtney Robertson did. That is so fucking entertaining to me. We then see the one-on-one time between Clayton and Shanae, and he says that he heard, he heard some things, and then Shanae says, I was still heated. I said to keep my, your, my name out of your mouth, and then I threw the trophy. I was tired of hearing my name and getting, my, getting pointed at. And Clayton says, I don't want this to be a hostile environment. The hostile environments for the two-on-one later. And he says, you do feel that throwing the trophy was the wrong thing to do, right? <laughs> it's the way he said that was almost like the producers have, they've, I mm-hmm. think they've talked to both of them and said like, here's what needs to happen in this conversation. She has to apologize for specifically throwing the trophy and you have to accept the apology. Then she's going to stick around because we've got a two-on-one set up. He already knows he has to keep her. So he's just trying to put out on a silver platter for her something that will make it believable for him to be able to be like, okay, I'll keep you. So he's like, you are sorry for throwing that trophy in the pond, right? Exactly that. You are sorry for it. Yes, I am sorry for throwing the trophy in the pond. And you'll issue that to the group. Great. (laughs) Yeah. Some portion of the fourth audience can now believe that any of this is real and possible. Shanae then says that she wants to apologize. I hope you accept it. And she goes back to the group. Produces cheers here. Pretty good. Says, I'm really sorry. It wasn't my intention to hurt you guys. I hope we can get past this. I'm truly sorry. And then immediately goes back to Clayton and makes out with him. Immediately. Like he was just waiting for her to do that. And then, okay. And so at this point too, when you really start thinking about the making out, it's like he knows she's going to get kicked off on a two-on-one. Or at the very least, he knows she's not going to like win his ring. But he's still got to just like make out with her. <laughs> Praise be our beloved game. <laughs> That's the whole show. <laughs> Time is work <laughs> It's in your contract. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it fucking is. 
Uh, when you sign that contract, it says you have to forklift at least one villain. Mm-hmm. Shanae then does this ITM. She says, that was the hardest thing I had to do in my entire life. Apologize for what I'm not sorry for. I'm not sorry, hose. You mean, and I believe she says the C word here. I couldn't tell what she was bleeped mm-hmm. out. Yeah, I couldn't tell what it was either. Maybe it's bitches. I don't know. I need an Oscar for that performance. I never thought I could act before, but I'm fucking good. This is Meryl Streep. This is Shanae Ankney. And she puts Meryl below Shanae. This is uh, mm-hmm. villain ITM footage. Of- <laughs> we haven't seen the likes of this in a long time. So consistent. I don't think we've seen the likes of this ever. No, we have. Bentley. Ashley Hubert's season. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. I'll never forget. Yeah, that's true. So this is like a a female Bentley. Where you're like, I'm actively tricking the lead. Yes, and everyone else. Mm -hmm. That I'm just doing whatever I can to like knock players out and stick around. She's openly talking about her strategies, the game itself, and taking pure gleeful pleasure in the destruction of other players and their season-long runs. And at the end of this... She says they didn't uh, bleep it. It wasn't bitches because she says bitches in this and they didn't bleep it. Oh, yeah. Well, first, Dark Lord Palmer comes into Ting. Did you see that? I did. And let me just say it was unprecedented. Seven Tings here. Seven? Now, seven Tings. I don't think it had any significance. I think it means he doesn't know how to do this yet. He's just kind of randomly hitting the glass for, you know, ding, 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 ding. He doesn't understand. This is a, a song. There's a melody in each of these. Ting, ta, ting, ting, could be it, whatever. He's not doing any little rhythms yet. He will get there, though. I like your confidence in him. This was just his first ting. Yeah, seven tings is like, he way overdid it and no rhyme or reason to it, but he will get there with practice. Well, we don't go out on the ting. We go out on an ITM by Shanae. Give me the Oscar. Give me the Emmy. Give me the Golden Globe and give me the Rose. She doesn't want an EGOT. She wants an Igor. And she will not have it, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, she does after this. She does yeah. obviously get this Rose. But So, Portia 5, we go to the Rose ceremony. Players filing, get on the risers. Genevieve ITMs thinking the apology was not sincere from Shanae. She wants her to go home. Sierra ITMs wanting her to go home too. You don't get to cry and say sorry and get away with it. Straight gameplay speech here. What do you mean? Get away with what? Still keep a rose. Maneuver through to the next round of this game. Then the ultimate Viking comes in. He thanks them all for being open and honest with him and holding him accountable. And he hopes everyone felt heard. And if you don't receive a rose, he says, he'll be forever grateful for the time he spent, but he's just following his heart. And we see Rachel Rekia. Rachel, Rachel Rekia has a rose. Serene has a rose. And Teddy has a rose that I... Did we see that on the group date? No, we didn't see it. Because uh, Sinead throws the trophy into the fucking pond before that group date ended. So they just cut that off. Wow. Okay, so we need to add a... Group date rose for Teddy. Yeah. Wow. So she's got the group date rose. And then we go into the rose ceremony. Sarah gets that first flower. Then Marlena, Genevieve, Mara, Gabby, Susie. They're burying her down there with a couple of sixes in a row. They're trying to throw us off the scent. Then Eliza gets a seven. Hunter gets an eight. Shanae has this line about her sweaty armpits and vagina. And then Shanae gets that ninth flower we all knew that was coming dlp comes out he tam sigs 
And we say goodbye to Sierra Jackson, Lindsay Windham, and Jill Chin. And Rachel Reckia, Rachel Rachel Reckia is wrecking the face play game with her reaction here. Yes, I agree. Can we talk about Sierra's goodbye line? Loved Sierra's goodbye line. <laughs> Almost my play of the game. <laughs> she tells Clayton, choose the girl for the man you will become and not the man you are now. And don't be stupid. Iconic. I mean, this is unreal <laughs> wisdom coming from Sierra. And quite frankly, I think it was a mistake of the producers to mm-hmm. get rid of Sierra this early. I think it's a mistake of them to get rid of Cassidy Timbrooks that early. Mm. And I think it's going to be a mistake to get rid of Shanae that early. In my opinion, you give the Ultimate Viking his one choice for ring. He gets to choose who that is. And then your other three in the top four are Cassidy Timbrooks, Shanae Angney, and Sierra Jackson. <laughs> I think that's who you take into hometowns. I would fucking love to watch that. Yeah. That's what they should have done, in my <laughs> humble opinion. We get more. Let's see. Shanae ITMs. Holy shit, I just sent home another bitch. Literally two girls back to back. Sorry, not sorry, bitches. She drops the mic again. And Clayton says they're going to international travel, a.k.a. Toronto, Canada. And then they all cheers, but not like we've ever seen it before. This is a brand new shot. Never before seen in the history of our beloved game. It is shot from under the glasses. I've never seen this. Has this happened? Am I crazy? It's possible it happened in Bachelorette. I guess it's slight, like 1% chance it happened in Bachelor, but I don't normally notice how the show is shot, but I can tell when it's different. And this felt like mm. nothing I'd seen. Yeah. The regular cheer shot is especially when it's like at times like this where they're going to go international or they've just come out of a big Mm -hmm. rose ceremony. It's kind of a slightly higher than head level shot canted down into the center of the cheersing ring with the bachelor's face usually visible. So there'll be some women whose heads are like, you see the back of them. That's how they do it almost every time here. You don't see anyone. You just see hands reaching glasses into the center in this kind of strange symbolic starburst pattern. And you're shooting it from, Beneath seven rings of hell, <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a reference to that, but it gives it a strange disembodied feeling. You don't that last shot is meant to convey, Yay, we all made it through to mm-hmm. the final round. It's for this guy, we're all going. This conveys nothing but opulence to some degree, just these disembodied, like glasses of alcohol coming in and like cling in a very weird. It's like choreographed. To make that shot, they had to put a camera on the ground and then get everybody mm-hmm. to put their hands out as though they were cheersing and move the center of that around so that it was in the center of the fucking camera. They had to block this shot. Everybody was mm-hmm. acting in this shot. It is so strange to me. We then start portion six with some shots of Toronto. We see two little black dogs begging for attention from two Torontan owners. They were not my creature. Clayton says, the air feels crisper here. It's a great place to fall in love. Then we see the women, I love Cleveland, Toronto. They jump on the bed in the hotel. Mara says, this hotel is bringing the heat. It's luxury. It's sexy. Talk about opulence. Did you see that shot where they're all in the bathtub? Oh, yes. They also get in the tub. That was the, I was just looking at that shot. Like producers told them, okay, as many of you as you can get in the bathtub. Squeeze in there. Do it. Get in there. 
were they trying to recreate some shots a la Becca Tilly and JoJo? What is JoJo's last name? Fletcher? <laughs> Fletcher. Oh, boy. We're only on portion six. They were in the tub together. Whatever. <laughs> they scream off the balcony. Marlena ITMs the penthouse is dope. They get a knock. Gabby, welcome to Toronto. Love is on the horizon. Gabby produces tears upon getting this date card. That is so for TRR. Wow. We. And Gabby says she feels lucky and thanks the other players for being so happy for her. And Shanae gets in an ITM here that she doesn't understand this happiness for other people. <laughs> she is a stone cold competitor. The only thing that matters here is winning. No one else's feelings should be taken into consideration. Wait, how can you feel joy unless others are experiencing pain? <laughs> in a game, I mean, that is the way some people play games. Look, you can look at like any pro sport. There are high-level competitors who treat it like this is just a game and I have respect for my fellow competitor and I would never be mean to them. Then there are people who are like, I want to fucking kill the person on the other side of the scrimmage line from me. People approach competition in different ways. And I think we see that in our beloved game too. And I think Shanae is of the type that's like, I need to kill the person across the line from me. Well, Gabby gets a when in room, get to the chopper date. Clues. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in Kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons... They've earned the skin safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. 
Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to Gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. They take a selfie in the chopper. She puts her hand on his thigh in the chopper. I love this chemistry play. And then they land and we get some B-roll of the... (laughs) neighborhood where they'll be spending their time and we see a creature this creature is a little black squirrel strutting his stuff while he's eating a peanut in the grass and this torontonian black squirrel was mine <laughs> Creature of the week. Now, for those who may not know, these black squirrels are the norm in Toronto and in the Northeast. But right around the corner from where they were actually having their date is a park in Toronto called Trinity Bellwoods. And it's known for, among other things, a family of albino squirrels that live in that park. And you can go there and see them, which I have done. They're very cute. And I don't know if the show would ever have the amount of time or effort to put in an albino squirrel. But if you're listening to me now, show, <laughs> give me an albino squirrel next time you go to Toronto. <laughs> if you're listening to me now, show. I, okay. <laughs> I think actually it was an affront to you that they purposefully put this date a few blocks away from the albino squirrel and put a mere peasant black squirrel in the shot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They have taken this helicopter to this park to play street hockey. Clayton says there's no rules here. Canada is hockey. That's that's their whole bit is like hockey. Every time we go to Canada, we got to have hockey and maple syrup. Every time hockey and maple syrup. That's like, that's all they know of Canada. You're like, got many layers to it. Albino squirrels, black squirrels. Gray squirrels. Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. And 
no rules, according to Clayton. And then he says, you can't pick up the ball. And Gabby's like, you said no rules. Love this. Yeah. She should have kicked him in the balls. Yeah. You said no rules. <laughs> Fuck you, Ultimate Viking. And then they walk through the park and they come upon a vendor selling beaver tails, which Gabby Wendy thinks might be a real tail sliced from the creature, the beaver. But luckily this vendor at this kiosk explains in his beautiful Canadian accent, no, it's a fried dough pastry. And this vendor was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Love to see this guy getting some screen time. He signed the release. He even got a line in our beloved game. And he's on this fantastic one-on-one date that Gabby is playing perfectly. Hats off to you. I love that he's able to pull out this uh, locker room talk line, I suppose, to Gabby. Have you ever eaten beaver before? Lol. Ultimate Viking did that? Yeah, right before they got to it. (laughs) They included it in the document. Ultimate Viking. Mm -hmm. Ultimate Viking. Gabby loves to see the Ultimate Viking being goofy, and they do graffiti on a wall. And then we get to my favorite shot of the episode. There is a beautiful white and golden pup who is so excited to see Gabby and the Ultimate Viking that he gets down on his back for pets. And Gabby rubs his head and he struts all of his stuff. And this retriever was my (laughs) creature of the week grew up with goldens love them love them to death this was my favorite shot of the episode and then clayton rubs gabby and and the dog's head at the same time and we see that gabby she too is on her back with her legs up in the air like this dog She's so excited to be getting kisses from this dog. And this move by Gabby Wendy to get down on the sidewalk of Toronto to pretend that she is a dog and get these pets was my... Play, 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 play of the game. You're right. I never would have fucking predicted that. Holy shit. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Whatever. Subjective awards. I get why you like it. I thought it was hilarious. One of my friends did this when she was really drunk when we were walking around the streets of New York City and she did this with a dog and I took a picture of her and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. So I am guessing, you know, so many people have creatures. So many people have dogs. They're dog lovers. And this moment is so relatable to the fourth audience that I was like, the nation is going to love this as much as I do. Yeah, you're actually probably right. Whoever the person is who owns this dog, we only really see their legs, but they were strutting their stuff and bringing in my favorite creature was my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno. 
Bystander of the week. <laughs> your your bystander is legs. Uh huh. That's how much I didn't want to give it to that comedian, Russell Peters. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But yes, this moment gets my play of the game creature and bystander. Wow. Has that ever happened before? Probably not. Bystanders aren't usually involved in the play of the game, but... This moment will go down in history. Yeah. Or the fucking creature. That's a big moment. Then they go sit on some steps with the CN Tower in the background, and she tells the Ultimate Viking how hard it was not seeing him at all that week. So the one-on-one came at a perfect time, and she tells him he doesn't want to know what's going on her in her head, and then goes crazy, <laughs> and then she laughs. <laughs> I thought it was so well done, so fucking funny. And he tells her that he loves her sense of humor. And he says, sense of humor in him is big. We get some kissing here. And then she ITMs that she's going to be using the night portion of the state to play her more serious strategy to show him that she's not just all jokes. This is, if you're a comedic player, this is exactly how you do this. Textbook. Nobody's making mistakes in our mm-hmm. beloved game anymore. This is the professional era. She's playing her archetype exactly correctly here. And portion seven begins the night. We see the women are back in the hotel. Shanae tells them that she wants a one-on-one. Then the date card shows up. Marlena ITMs that she thinks Shanae might get the one-on-one because she knows how to play the game and she's good at playing and Clayton falls for it. That was like a big noise, a celebratory noise for Marlena calling it a game. It's interesting, though, because the game that she has to be talking about here, I think Marlena thinks that it's she's playing Clayton because she says, uh, you know, Clayton's falling for it. It's like he doesn't have anything to do with this. She's playing a pure third audience game and she's going to take that game as far as it can go, which is going to be to paradise. But the date card shows up. Susie reads it. It's a group date. Can you take the heat? We got Rachel, Sarah, Serene, Marlena, Susie, Hunter, Eliza, Teddy and Mara are going to be on this date. And Genevieve then does the math real quick. And here we get some open gameplay speech. She says, it's a two-on-one. She knows the game. She understands that there were two people not called on that group date. And so she's been set up in this two-on-one with someone she's not even really in a rivalry with, honestly. No, they like sort of jammed it into a rivalry at the end of last episode. She goes one, goes home one stays, or two could go home. I don't think it can end well for both of us. Genevieve, such a student of this game. She's been so deep in the pit. She's been working on some statistical models. She knows that on the two-on-one, not only does one go home, but sometimes two. She knows about the exotics. She does. And I think, now, here's the, the look, if you get How to Win the Bachelor, you'll get all of my mm-hmm. thoughts on the two-on-one. They are all in there. And it, my thoughts are tempered by the statistics. By all of our beautiful thoughts today. generally speaking the two-on-one is not as bad as you think it is in terms of final placement ring winners who have come from it crowns who have come from it all of that shit it actually has pretty good numbers so if you're on the two-on-one all you have to do is survive it and you have very good odds of having very very high outcomes for final placement instagram numbers all that kind of stuff to be fair part of that advantage is that a two-on-one doesn't usually happen early in the season yes being fair 
I'm being fair as well. Yeah. I just averaged them all out, what the final placements were and stuff. I'm just saying it's not the death sentence that it seems. And to react to being put on one with fear, I think is the wrong way to go about it. I mean, despite the fact that I think Shanae is like, she just reached the end of the villain rope, but she's playing it correctly. Fully scripting it. <laughs> yes, fully scripting it and telling them like, I think it's going to be fun. She, you know, Genevieve basically is like, oh God, this sucks. And Shanae is like, no, it's going to be good. And Sarah ITMs that this is more about Shanae and the house will feel a sigh of relief if Shanae goes home. Again, she mentions nothing about producers. And then back on the 101, it's nighttime. They go to the fake dinner in a glass-walled room overlooking the sparkling lights of Toronto at night. And the ultimate Viking tells Gabby that she brings out his stupid side <laughs> and that he's been very exciting for him. That's country Clayton. <laughs> he's back. <laughs> yeah, I got I got a couple of Claytons. I got pizza Clayton. I got old football Clayton. I got country Clayton. And you bring out stupid Clayton. <laughs> By the way, she loads in an ITM. I'm on my way to falling for him in a very deep manner. I am categorizing that as loading love level two. <laughs> I agree. Totally agree. And she tells him that she wants to make sure he knows every part of her, not only the good side, because that's not what you're going to get all the time. And she says she's been insecure in past relationships, has had trouble receiving love in the past. He asks her why it's hard for her. And she explains that she feels undeserving or unworthy. She's done a lot of work and she has an appreciation for what she experiences now. And then she lays in this parental PTC that her mom would withhold love from her and her mom would withhold attention from her. And she thought that if her mom could stop loving her, then why can't anyone else? This is an estranged parent PTC on top of this that they don't now have a relationship anymore. And he thanks her for telling him this information and then asks if she wants to mend that relationship or not. He's doing something here that like leads don't actually usually do. Usually you got, you say your PTC, they'll say, thank you for telling me that. They'll hug you, kiss you, rose you, whatever. Here he's giving her an opportunity. He's helping her. He's giving her an mm -hmm. assist in turning this PTC into what it can become. And she says she misses her mom. Tears. She wants to love her, but right now she has a lot of healing to do, but maybe in the future, she, but she knows her mom did the best with what she was given. This little addendum here. Hometowns, here we come. Who doesn't want to see her reconcile with her mother on national television in hometowns? That's going to happen because she set it up here. Brilliant fucking play. Gabby Wendy's PTC on this one-on-one -on -one was my... Play, 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 play of the game. This was just, it was so fucking beautiful. The textbookness of the whole date was great. Fun, goofy. Literally, you're playing the game. She's laying on her fucking back getting dog pets. Clayton says that it brought out stupid Clayton. He refers to it here, says you made the date more fun playing dead on the ground. I never would have done that, but you bring that side out of me. She pulled out stupid Clayton with that move. Look, this was almost my play of the game. Obviously, maybe objectively, this might have been the play of the game and not her getting pets. It's, But it's more than just the play of the game because it's going to have, I think, season-long impact. The relationship between her and her mom is now one we all want to see. And whether her mom comes mm -hmm. or not to the hometown... Powerful either way. Yeah, she has a hometown now, period. Oh, I already assumed she was having a hometown at this point. She's playing so well. I think she's honestly in next crown contention as well. I do too. 
I do too. I think a comedic crown could be very, very popular. Yeah, she's like a Bristonian, free spirit. With a little Crystal Nielsen. She's like Bristow and Crystal Nielsen mix. Wait, what is the Crystal Nielsen part? The voice? They just have similar energies. Yeah, like the voice and the kind of like, I don't know. Not that she, Crystal Nielsen was a villain. I don't mean to say their play styles are similar. There's a similar tone about them though. Well, ultimately, the ultimate Viking loves that Gabby Wendy open up to him and says she's very deserving of love. And he says he understands why she uses humor to deflect the serious issues. And she tells him that she's been doing a lot of therapy and is now ready for pursuing a real relationship. We get a kiss. She gets the that one-on-one gets presented. and She gets that one-on-one rose. That's a big zero pointer. And then they retire to the hot tub, a nice cherry on top of what was already a, a pretty good traditional old school bachelor date. You get to the chopper and win in Rome. Gorgeous creatures. <laughs> that should be its own category. Anyway, she also loved love level three in her ITM. She says that she hasn't felt this confident this whole process, and now she does. I'm falling deep for him. And he actually ITMs at the end of that that she could be his future wife. Well, we don't know that he's talking about her in that, but sure. I mean, it was on that one-on-one date. But it's an ITM. <laughs> he's just talking about anybody. It was just, it was like voiceover. I, I don't trust voiceover. <laughs> portion eight begins with the day portion of the group date. It is the distillery district. Our ultimate Viking meets his players in front of a giant love sign. I couldn't tell who won the race here. There was no race. It was an insult to the sub sport of the beginning of a group date. No one is jogging toward the ultimate Viking. No one who jewed him even attempted. I even forget who got the first hug because I don't care. This was a massive blown opportunity. And then there's a surprise. Dark Lord Palmer is on this date. He says, welcome to Toronto. I was born here. And then he's sort of trying to introduce someone, but then they just come up behind him. It seemed like a poorly timed introduction of this man, but we meet Canadian. I wrote Canadian, Canadian, and actor. <laughs> Russell Peters. He has 493,000 Instagram followers. He is a pretty well-known comedian, except strangely outside the United States. But in Canada, he is famous. As I as we've talked about, like Canada has their own like celebrities that don't translate here, like Buble. Russell Peters is one of them. I think Buble translates harder than Russell Peters. Oh, for sure. I think Buble is like he's the tip of the non-translator Canadian celebrities. He's like Buble is the gatekeeper. If you're more famous than Buble. You're famous mm, in America. Yes. Buble is like the most famous, just Canadian famous guy. <laughs> the Buble line. <laughs> By the way, I think I'm going, I might go see Buble because he is someone I know's Ooh. favorite artist. Now you see why I gave my bystander award to the leg because Russell Peters starts doing his jokes and he says, oh, you're this, you were the Bachelor season five and the host. The contestants have gotten uglier and the same. You didn't find love on the show, but you did find it. And then it's bleeped out. I was like, is this on your dick? What is this bleeped out thing? I have no idea. Did find it in, I don't know. And then he says, this guy is vanilla as fuck about Clayton. And he points out that they look to get look alike. And he says, Dark Lord Palmer says he's a Canadian legend and he's the master of the roast. And... RP says that they're going to roast Clayton today and each other. I'm going to make sure it's mean. 
And this is an artistic endeavor group date. Wait, I would say this is a public performance. I think that that also public performances can be artistic group dates. Like um, you want to talk about the Moulin Rouge season 22 when they all had to go with Ari Leyendijk and try out to be in the Moulin Rouge and then dance in front of a Spectre thing. You would say stand-up comedy is an art. Uh, absolutely. Would you say what we're doing is art? Of course. I literally made a song called Rachel Reckia. Is that not art? You're right. <laughs> Speed agree. Rachel Reckia. Rachel, Rachel Reckia. That's as artistic as it gets. You're right. I forgot about that song. We do make art. We're going to release that song in about a week. Get ready. There's a music video as well. <gasps> Are you going to be wearing the wig? I'm not in it. Or am I? Ooh, interesting. But Russell Peters tells them they're all going to be roasting each other. And then uh, we see that Russell Peters is going to be helping them as they're all writing these notes or writing these jokes down in their notebook. And we see at some point this group of local actors is ushered in to pretend to be an audience. And Russell Peters introduces Clayton and DLP as failed football players. And then we see our first roasters are up. It's Marlena first. She makes fun of Clayton uh, kissing his mom because he comes from Missouri, which I <laughs> thought was pretty good. Um, she makes fun of Hunter's IBS. And then she goes after Shanae, even though she's not there. And this is where we get the line where she compares her to herpes. She says she keeps coming back and lasts longer than expected. And then we see Susie gives a bench warmer joke to the ultimate Viking. Eliza says he has a dump truck ass and wonders why he hasn't taken out the trash. Sarah goes after Mara for being old and drunk, I guess. Sarah calling Mara a cougar at age 32 and alienating more than 50% of the Bachelor audience was my... Error, 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 error of the game. The Bachelor is obsessed with cougars and calling women over the age of 30 cougars, even though... Cougars are the audience, so I don't understand this. I don't either. It's It was a poor play. I agree with you. She also went after just some like mean type shit about mm -hmm. like the gap in her teeth and stuff. Yeah, it was like an age thing. Has a thing at baby gap. She has an adult gap between her teeth. Right. But then Mara ITM's an anti-wife attack. She's loading it. We know that she's going to come out swinging and basically say that Sarah is too young, not serious enough, et cetera, et cetera to be wife material, and Mara is up. She goes after the age and then ends it with, just go home, you desperate bitch. That is not really a roast. That seemed more like just a direct attack style insult. And it feels like there's some real animosity between Mara and Sarah here. We see Hunter comes up next. She goes after Shanae, uh, makes some Jeffrey Dahmer joke. We see Serene going after Shanae as well. So honored to have been on Shanae's season of The Bachelorette. Everybody's going after Shanae, even though she's not there which I find pretty interesting. And that's kind of the, when the show identifies a villain, this is what they do on the podcast as well. They'll have other players come on the company podcast and shit talk those villains without the villains being there to defend them. So even if these players are making these choices to go after Shanae without her being there, the producers are making the choice to put that in the show, vilifying her even more, making it even more okay for us to hate her. That's essentially what all this is being used for, this entire roast. Almost none of it was actually about Clayton or any of the players who were there. And we don't even hear from Rachel Reckia. We only get one tame line from Susie. We don't hear from Teddy either. It feels like some of these people are being protected, mm -hmm. perhaps. And absolutely. then we end this portion with another great joke by RP. He says, thank God those bitches are gone. 
Now listen to the crowd. Why won't you shit on RP with me? <laughs> no, I don't find him funny either. I, I mean, <laughs> he's just some guy. Like, I don't know what The Bachelor is to him. Like, if he's a known super fan of it or if this is just a paycheck. It felt very much like he did not want to be there to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was just like, oh, Jesus, I can't believe I'm doing The Fucking Bachelor. Uh, and I think he was trying to be mean mm-hmm. at the expense of the show. And it came across as just like bad jokes and stupidity, in my opinion. In my opinion as well. Group date after party in portion A at the steam whistle. Clayton says he didn't stop laughing at the roast. He loved it. And Susie plays a first responder here, but she's casual about it. Want to go hang? How can you hate her? She has prepared a microphone setup that they spent the day date making fun of Clayton, but she wants to share what she likes about him. The emotional version of the day date. I mean, what a great play. Like, almost I play the game. You don't. You, you, you don't get better than this for a group date. This is fucking unbelievable. So just to set the stage, she does whatever she does in that roast. We'll never see that footage. Maybe she had some real zingers, but they were like a little mean spirited or something. They're like, fuck that. We can't show that. She said he was a bench warmer. Ouch. Yeah, but he was. He's even made those jokes. He made it on fucking the Brian Abbasolo and Mike Johnson show that he was like, yeah, I, I yeah. had coffee with the Seahawks. That's how I put it. Anyways. To have the wherewithal. I believe this was her idea. Maybe it was producer's idea. I don't know. Either way, producers help facilitate this. They have to get her a fucking microphone. She didn't drag that thing around Toronto from the the day portion of the group date. So they give her this prop. She comes in with it and she's like, now I want to reverse it. Like I, this is my, who I really am. Like I'll do the thing during the day that I can roll with the punches. I'll show you that I can have fun with it. But here's who I really am. Now I want to tell you what I like about you. Uh-huh. Smile. Dimples when you uh-huh. smile, compassionate person. Yes. Learn something new and sees a new layer. Those are the things she likes. Clayton's layers. He's got country Clayton. He's got ultimate Viking. He's got stupid Clayton. <laughs> he has so many layers, and Clayton loves this play. He says, You're too nice. They make out. I mean, oh. God. And, and the fact that she got him first, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's producers coming in too and saying, like, You got to take him first or whatever. But this is a play that anyone else could have possibly done and maybe even did that night. She's doing it first. She's making sure nobody can steal her thunder. You know what? With the microphone, I bet the producers were like, we need Susie to steal him first because her thing has a whole setup. I bet they help her with an assist on the first responder. Maybe. It could have been. Which, you know, you're you're not guaranteed that. There was famously one cocktail party where someone had set up a bed out, outside and then everyone took The Bachelor on that bed. Who was that? Nick? I don't remember. I don't fucking remember. Sound off in the comments. And Marlena and gets the next one-on-one time. And Clayton's like, I thought last week was your week and you outdid yourself. You might have a future in stand-up comedy. Marlena's like, you like me because I'm smooth. He says, you're crushing it. She says, I give 100% at everything I do, football, comedy, and relationships. In my past relationship, she hints at a PTC here that she was giving and giving and not receiving. I want something different and I see that in you. Love that line. Gets a kiss. Back at the house, Gabby is stuck with Genevieve and Shanae, who are mentally preparing for their two-on-one, which reads, Shanae and Gabby, into the falls your journey goes, only one comes out with a rose, a new poem. 
and they they start to really scrutinize that the card doesn't say love Clayton, that all the other date cards have said love Clayton, but this one doesn't. And Genevieve is like, that's the first time it hasn't said love Clayton as though he writes any of these, as though that means literally fucking anything. A producer is writing these. He doesn't even know what they say. <laughs> he doesn't even know who's going to see that day. They deduce that they're near Niagara Falls, so that's where it's going to be, and it's a nice hostile environment for this. And today, I'm going in with my pedal down, the last trash bag I want to take out. Clayton's not even going to talk to Genevieve. I'm going to push her in the falls, an actual death threat here. And we get more of that horror score as she says that she will look like a wet chihuahua. <laughs> and then we're back at the after party. We get some one-on-one time with Rachel Reckia. She's cuddled up with him. Just chemistry game at fucking 150 at all times. She says she keeps getting pushed further and further out of her comfort zone. And she loves that about being with him. And then she lays her head on his chest and he starts talking about how much he looks forward to seeing her. And he's trying to like, you know, say something back. And she just leans in and fucking kisses him. Just shuts yeah. up the ultimate Viking with her chemistry play. This is quiet clay. Quiet Clayton. Yeah. she. <laughs> One of the layers. Now I'm going to be silent kissing Clayton. It's these top players mm -hmm. on this season. I'm talking about Susie mm -hmm. Evans. I'm talking about Rachel Reckia. I'm talking about Gabby Wendy. Serene. I believe Serene as well. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that's my, mm -hmm. my new top four after Kate Gallivan got erased. They mm -hmm. just don't make mistakes. Everything they do is exactly correct. And it's pitched to the level of their persona. It is so yeah. fucking incredible to watch. It used to be that you'd get like one player mm -hmm. like this per season then I think Pilot Pete season, we saw it kind of elevated with uh, Madison yeah. Pruitt and Han Ancelos. They were like that, but like at a different fucking level. Like they knew that it was a game and knew how to play. And now we're just seeing like... All stars. Oh, all of them are doing it. It's absolutely incredible. All star season. I've loved watching this season because the level of play is amazing. I can't choose my play of the game. It's hard. Even the floaters are, even the floaters are pulling out some great shit. Anyway, Rachel Reckia is wrecking Clayton's talking game as she shuts him up with more kisses when he says, let me finish the sentence. And he's ITMing. She's on my mind most times of the day. She's damn near perfect. Although somebody could step it up. <laughs> Never know. Somebody could step it up. If somebody else brings her a game, then I don't know. I might have to put her on the injured reserve. You see quick pops of the people that are not stepping it up. Hunter says, oh, you got slammed today. Eliza gives him maple syrup shots and they kiss. Sarah says, I fully trust you. He says, I'm happy you feel that way. Your actions are reflecting. You're trying to make the most of every minute. I still feel good about us at end of day. She loves level ones him. And they make out against a wall, a second location. We get a loaded love level two from Susie, who ITMs, I could see myself falling in love with Clayton. But Clayton says the rose goes to someone who continues to make him feel safe. That is Rachel Reckia, Rachel, Rachel Reckia for her excellent chemistry play. And by the way, we get an ITM right after this. Marlena says, second week in a row, I did amazing on the group date and didn't get the group date rose. And what I would say to this is she is an excellent group day, group date day portion player. She went in the athletic endeavors. She is killing it in the roast. I mean, yes, a jack of all trades, but we need to see some emotional play you know i think it's the olympian 
in Marlena, unfortunately. She's very good when it's like, here's a game, you have to play it. She's very bad when it's like, this isn't a game, but you still have to play it. I think she's literally playing that portion of it sincerely and playing the other shit like out to win. And uh, it ain't working. You got to know how to do the game. I mean, you know, she could have played a PTC. She didn't. <sighs> Speed agree. And uh, Susie loads walls. She's kind of struggling. Didn't get that zero pointer like Rachel. Okay, we begin portion 10. We are on the winner's balcony. Susie, Gabby, and Rachel are talking about the two-on-one. And Susie says, Genevieve is unfortunately collateral damage. She ITMs, there's a very obvious decision that should be made. Genevieve should be coming home with him. I was like, what is this ITM? <laughs> they just get him to say it so that they have these little things to cut to. Then we see Shanae and Genevieve getting ready. They have to both fucking wheel their bags by the front door at the exact same time. You know, usual stuff you do when you're falling in love and trying to build a relationship. Three, two, one. You pop out. Look at each other. Line the bags up next to each other. Genevieve come down the stairs and action. And Shanae come through the door and action. And then they meet the ultimate Viking in the Niagara Falls area, and he tells them that it might be uncomfortable and awkward, but he wants them to have fun. And so they get on this Niagara cruise, and we see seagulls flying around in the air. Shanae is ITMing that she feels good because she sent two girls home already, and hopefully this is the third. And Genevieve is ITMing being nervous. She thinks the situation is strange and uncomfortable. That is correct. <laughs> it, it, that's the whole point of it. They get in the car together, and Shanae ITMs. I have a plan. I'm going to treat it like it's a one-on-one. I literally have been scripting everything I'm going to say to him. I've been reading it out loud. I've been practicing it over and over. Oh, regarding Genevieve, I'm going to be fake and smile and nice until she's gone. <laughs> I mean, she's... Say what you will about her. She's doing this correctly. She's just like leaned too far into the villainy of it. You don't say it out loud. You practice your script in your... In your head. You can say it out loud in an ITM. You just can't... You can do whatever you want in the ITMs because they can't... Sh if they were to show that footage of one player to the other players or the fucking lead or something like that, I mean, it, it's game-breaking if they do that. I don't think they can ever do that. I think you can be as honest or sinister as you want in your ITMs as long as you can really play that second audience and that first audience game well you could be a Courtney Robertson. That's what she did. I think if you fuck with your third audience game, you're done. It's the most important audience. But if Shanae, for example, could have avoided all of the bullshit that went on the house because of this and still be mm -hmm. saying that shit in the ITMs, they would want her to right. go to the end. But she's not. She's throwing <laughs> fucking trophies in people's faces and twirling roses in their faces and shit. You can't... Like, that's not great second audience play, you know? Yeah. As Teddy said, it's hard to come back from throwing the trophy in the pond. <laughs> and she's right. Genevieve wins this very slow, sad race to Clayton. And they get on this boat. Genevieve's plan is to not engage with Shanae. Back at the house, Mara says she's a puppeteer. She's not wife material. She sucks. Susie is basically loading an ultimatum. If he leaves Genevieve at Niagara Falls, I'll freak out. A uh, colorful narrator, Gabby, comes in. Shanae's a succubus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And then Sinead gets the last word of this episode. She ITMs the pantomiming of throwing Genevieve into Niagara Falls like what she calls a wet dog. It's a fake throwing a dog in Niagara Falls. I mean, that is just really blowing up your fourth audience game. Yeah, you went from Gabby Wendy pretending to be a dog and communing with a dog on the concrete to Sinead pantomiming murdering one. Yes. And then we see next week in the promo, Sinead is playing a game. We hear that coming from somewhere. Sinead is then lying to him on the two-on-one. It looks like Genevieve gets called an actress. So she gets some accusations thrown out that may or may not be true. And then Sinead ITMs the Rose is going to be feeling better than sex. Later then in the season, we see Rekia LL3-ing. We see we're going to some tropical locale. Susie does an LL3. Serene does an LL4. Ultimate Vikings LL3-ing. He's in love with three women. We've seen all this shit before. Although that line sounds more and more Frankenbitten to me every mm-hmm. time I hear it. And then somebody drops what is called a bombshell. He tells the last two players that he's in love with everyone and he had sex with two of them. We see tears from everyone. And then some player, maybe Gabby, it seems like, is going to be accused of playing him the entire time. That's the new footage that we see in this promo that we have not yet seen. And we see somebody sobbing on the stairs and the I'm so broken thing that we always see. And then in the tag... We got a bunch of bees flying around. I got to say, these promos are kind of like Clayton. They have a lot of layers and we unpeel a new layer each week and I'm loving it. Yeah, they add in a little bit more footage as we progress through the season to keep us on our toes, wondering what the fuck is going on here. I loved it too. All in all, a good game. Even though they have butchered the the presentation of our beloved game and we're not getting rose ceremonies at the end. I don't even know where the fuck, what are we now? What do we still have to get through? The two-on-one and then a rose ceremony and and then Jesus. Anyways. By the way, I saw a, a tweet today that was that old grandma meme where someone's helping the grandma and then the grandma saying, bachelor episodes mm. used to end in a rose ceremony. Okay, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. There was some great play tonight. Who was your MVP? For her tear play at receiving the one-on-one date for her PTC on her one-on-one for her creature play pretending to be a dog for extracting stupid Clayton from Clayton Gabby Windy was my M M M M V P I mean, she did play very well. Unfortunately, there was somebody who just took up more screen time than anybody. There was somebody who was getting roasted when she wasn't even at the roast. There was somebody who did a group apology that seemed to have worked and then said in her ITMs, it was all acting and I'm a better actress than Meryl Streep. Just for the sheer amount of entertainment I'm getting out of seeing this type of brazen villain that we very rarely Mm -hmm. see in today's day and age. Shanae Ankney was my M-M-M-M-M-V-P. I mean, I like watching these other good players. Don't get me wrong. This is something different, though. This is like a real throwback to like, shit, you just don't see this now in today's game. And I don't know if we'll see it again for some time. And so I'm savoring it because I think she's gone next week. I think we're not ever going to see her again. And so I give her one final MVP. Thank you, Shanae, for everything you've given to the game this season. Oh, it's a swan song MVP. 
Yeah. Because I, I can't, she's going to get kicked off in that two-on-one. I can't give that my MVP. Somebody's going to pull out really big shit because now we're we're getting into the few, uh, the last few regular season games where you got to put it all out there to try and get into hometowns. But I already think those are sealed. Yes. I think tonight Gabby took the fourth hometown. I think hometowns are sealed, although... Or maybe Serene took it. There, I feel like, I feel confident about like the top six at this point. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, we definitely have not seen a villain play like Shanae in a long time. It does remind you of those old eras where you have the more like caricature villains. Yeah, like a Tierra Lacazi, just over the fucking mm-hmm. top, you know? That type of shit for me is highly entertaining and we have not seen it in a minute. I mean, she definitely got the most screen time. <laughs> It is a path, you know? Yeah. She's looking at different hero players that say Sierra, who's looking at Aaron Clancy. <laughs> you're seeing a Rachel Recchia. You're seeing a Susie. They're looking at a Hannah Brown or a Hannah Sluss. Yeah, for sure. You know, and you got to play with what you got. If you don't think you can be a Hannah Brown, maybe you do try to be an Aaron Clancy. Yeah, that's true. There are there are places in the hierarchy of our beloved game for a lot of different player types. And you can walk out of paradise with multiple hundreds of thousands of followers and selling SpawnCon and doing the whole thing. That is definitely a viable career as a player in our beloved game. So congratulations to all the players tonight. And thank you for listening to our breakdown of the big game. We will be back on Friday with this week in Bachelor Nation, where we're going to be breaking down everything happening online, the biggest news, screams from the pit, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, yesterday... We had a Patreon episode come out that is a digging deeper of some fascinating clips from all the various podcasts in our beloved nation. We're talking about happy hour. We're talking about clickbait. We're talking about walking it out, talking it out. Sauce Wars. <laughs> we're talking about Sauce Wars, the podcast. Is that our next podcast, Sauce Wars? Yeah, that the clips that we're continuing to get are <laughs> incredible. Grace Ann has been providing us with some of these clips and they are, they're juicy. They're juicy tids. You're going to want to listen to that up. I mean, I know that I say the sauce wars jokingly, but the, those podcasts really are becoming something now that they were not prior to this. It was just them kind of like talking to bachelor people and whatever. Now it's like every episode of happy hour and clickbait are meant to uphold whatever the narrative is that's coming out of the show about who's a villain and who's the right person and who you should like and who you should hate. Why not? Money, money. But thank you again, everyone, for joining us. And before we go, as always, what is that to all that? It's been 7,260 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. 
I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.